Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have the star of our show and Mr. Joe Kaleo joining us for another wealth management-related discussion, because that's what we do here on the show. If you're a frequent visitor and listener of this show, you know we tackle a different wealth management-related topic each time. Of late, we've been diving into different topics surrounding life insurance, family dynamics, family dynamics, of course, surrounding the wealth that they have business owners i mean we run the gambit in terms of these wealth management topics on this show and today we got a good one dialed up for you guys today today we're diving back into the idea of an inheritance right think about how often uh you know we talk about this idea of of making sure that one day you know that day that comes an heir is adequately prepared for that day well a big part of that adequate preparation comes with values you know, and that's really what we're getting into today. We're talking about preparing an heir for not just the wealth, but also the values that come along with it. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Joe aboard to get today's conversation rolling. Joe, good to see you. How are you doing today? Ryan, doing great. Great to see you. Glad we're here. Let's get started, shall we? Let's get right into the problem or rather the topic at hand, Joe. And it's that inheritors when they're inheriting wealth it's not always just the wealth it's important that values are also integrated within these conversations what issues would you say just to kind of get us started today what issues or challenges tend to arise because of that idea that values maybe aren't necessarily incorporated in those early discussions yeah values are incredibly important in understanding how to handle an inheritance how to use an inheritance how to make the most of an inheritance right and what 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 lacking or what's lacking and what we see is too many times uh, or too often heirs just don't have an understanding of how to handle an inheritance um the children may become complacent and just think well there's always money there to help bail them out or, and what we've talked about in the past on a previous episode was affluenza, thinking that, you know, rules just don't apply to them and they can spend as much as they want, as freely as they want. And it is theirs to do, but understanding and appreciating what went into giving them that is often lacking. Sure. And, and Joe, when it comes to the, the types of people that do inherit wealth, would you say, are there certain types of people that maybe do a better job than others in terms of avoiding some of those negative outcomes you just mentioned? I think there's absolutely, Ryan. There's the times where families have instilled values, discussed, talked about, and taught values, right? The values that have been guide guideposts or guidance markers for them, both as a person or as a family, as well as financially. And so having that ability to communicate and instill or both those values become absolutely paramount to seeing the success to be continued on into a new legacy. Right. So, so I mean, it, for somebody that maybe hasn't started that process, Joe, and they're wondering how, where do I begin? What would you say would be that first step then for those that are intending to give an inheritance to their kids or maybe even grandkids down the road one day? Yeah, I think the first thing you want to do is have the conversation with the patriarch and the matriarch about what values were are still important to them. Right. And some of them are financial values, but they're generally overall arching life values. 
And when you think back about that, and I was even having this conversation with my own son, Anthony, recently, you think back, what values did you try to instill or did you discuss? And it's more than one conversation, but think back to some of those values. Now we think about self-reliance, the ability to lean on oneself, either in tough times or to make it on their own. Education, the importance of an education, spending time on and in an education, not only through high school, for example, but into college and possibly even continuing education, maybe in a certification or accreditation of some kind somewhere along the way. Critical thinking, right? Being able to think through things in a deeper manner in times of importance when you need to do things either on your own or at certain junctures of your life. Um, financial prudence, understanding when to spend a little more and when not, whether it's for fun or for important life values when buying your first home, for example. Motivation, what motivates a person to do the things that they do either with money or in general? What motivates them in life? And then philanthropy, where is it that they spend their money in society to help those who need it the most or who don't have and where they want to have an impact? So those are just some examples, but often common topics of values that we discuss with the patriarch and matriarch, and then start to wrap that around for the next stage of conversations. Roger that, Joe. And I mean, that that sounds like I like that list there of values. And, you know, it's checking in with yourself to see where you align on them personally. But then once you have that clarity on yourself, how do you then start to communicate those values? Because, I mean, values are some of those things that just come to us naturally and inherently. You know, sure, maybe we had those types of conversations with our parents one day. But how do you start to trickle that down and communicate it properly to your kids or grandkids? Yeah, I think you have to think about it as a series of ongoing conversations. A one and done might be more entertaining or helpful, but will it last? So you want to think about having a series of ongoing conversations, whether they're young children or grown-up kids, right? Either way, having those conversations. And what we've often seen or what we've had in terms of some of our clients is having the conversation around reminiscing about great family times and some of the values that carry them through either tough times or reforming times. If it's in a family business, maybe a, a transitional time in a family business or restructuring time, what carried them through or took them to the next level of success and, and telling a story about how they made that happen. But it does need to be, and it doesn't have to be all the time, maybe it's once a year having a conversation with the patriarch and matriarch and kids, or maybe it is a series of family meetings, but it needs to be more than one. Sure. And, and Joe, I mean, hey, how many times have we heard that timing is everything when it comes to difficult or sticky conversations, I mean, especially those around money? So would you say are there ideal times or even moments that you would recommend that these conversations should take place? There are, uh, and, and you can look for them or they're going to just pop up and do it, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, talking about, and I helped my son with this, is buying his first home. So there's a natural conversation to understand how to budget your debt and to budget for that house, right? And, and go through those steps of structuring your mortgage payment, for example, or if it's college, or if it's graduate school of some kind, 
having those conversations about, about important factors or first time purchases, there's a natural progression or timeline to have several conversations about several different values all at that. Now, next one might be as you're preparing for end of life. And sometimes that's a hard conversation for people to have. There are financial values and non-financial values to discuss the transition of wealth, as well as the care, the physical care of someone within the family. And there are those values that you want to talk about. Do you stay in the home? Do you need to consider an alternate place? So understanding the values of the people involved then help to guide the decision-making in what's going to happen. Sure. And it makes sense to me very much so, Joe. But I get that the open conversations, that's a big part of it. But do we have any action steps that maybe we could throw to our audience today in terms of, of going down this road and, and helping to instill those values? You know, any sort of true action, you know, items mm -hmm. that somebody could go about? Yeah, I think there are several that could easily take place. And I think the first one might be creating a formal values, family value statement together. And if the the children of the patriarch and matriarch are old enough, they could certainly participate or create their own, almost like a family constitution, if you will, Ryan. What is it that you want to replicate or have replicated in your life over that time period? I think that's the first step and incredibly helpful because that, that can be passed on for generations to come, ironically. Um, we talked about involving kids, or if it's their decision-making, how to get them involved. If you have younger children, uh, one of the things we did as a family at times was we wanted to make charitable gifts around the holidays. We got the kids involved as to who did we want to give that to? Who did we see a need within the community that we wanted to collectively be invested in? Not financially, but value and morally invested in. And so we had those conversations around the holidays. We felt fortunate. We wanted to give back. Who did we want to give to, right? So getting kids involved at any age can be very helpful and important. Uh, demonstrating the power of saving and compounding in investments, right? So one of the things we talk about all the time with our clients is how are they saving in, say, their company retirement plan? showing kids of any age the importance of how to save in their company retirement plan and what it's done over a lifetime then helps them understand the importance of saving once they're in that position. So saving in the compounding effect of retirement plans and then potentially often even creating a family bank. If you put money into a pooled account and then it goes back to where we were talking about making gifts to charity or giving those to others, how do you do it collectively and making the decision and then writing the check as a family unit? That can be very powerful and very unifying. So there are a couple of ways and several steps that we often implement and talk about, some with some clients, all with some clients. Sure. I know. I love that because, I mean, at the end of the day, sure, open dialogue is always easy, but I mean, not easy, but open. It, it makes the most sense. But at the same time, it, it helps to also have some action steps, some actual items that you can, you know, do to put one foot in front of the other and really start moving, making some movement on this. That being said, though, Joe, I'm, you know, in a study that we have pulled from from FamilyBusinessCenter.com, showing that family firms they comprise about ninety percent of all business enterprise in North America. 
What advice then would you have for families that then own a, own a business together? Because obviously that's probably who we're talking about here today, you know, in terms of educating heirs on these values, you know, any advice for those family businesses? Well, and let's go back to that big picture discussion we were starting with the values, right? In discussing mm -hmm. oftentimes business values have been created by family values. And so roughly 70% or so of those businesses have family members involved in the decision-making as well as the creation of the family, uh, the family values that have then gone into the implementation and the structure of the family business. And so oftentimes getting those family members involved in the decision-making and the running of the business, you have a natural progression of instilling and teaching those values. They're not only financial, they're business-making decisions, they're personnel decisions, and how to treat people, those values of, of just general human interaction, Ryan, becomes a very important part of what we're talking about on a regular basis. So yes, it's very helpful, you know, mom and dad, whatever they've been involved in, help and understand then the progression of a family business and the values and how they, how they go together. Sure. And Joe, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here, do you have any any final pro tips maybe you want to leave our audience with when it comes to this idea of, of not just passing along wealth, but passing along values to the heirs one day? Yeah, I think, Ryan, one of the things we've seen and we haven't touched on, but I do want to mention is working with an advisor who's done this before is helpful because the first thing that we've ever brought this up is the matriarch or the patriarch are always afraid we're going to talk about numbers. Rarely do we talk about numbers until very end of life or some sort of transition and somebody who's going to be the executor of an estate. Almost always it's big picture, high level values, because that's the embodiment of what the parents wanted to discuss and project to their children anyway. And it becomes really important because they think if it's a numbers discussion, they don't want to go there. We don't either. And we don't want to force them to do that, right? That's not the important part. It's instilling the values that they may have taught when they were kids and now as adults, because then they appreciate the gift of the inheritance going forward and carrying on the family legacy in a very positive way. And I've not seen one conversation with one client so far that hasn't turned into a very positive result for both gift or and receivee, the, those that receive the gift as well. And so that's, it's a great feeling when you see that transpire over time. It really is. Yeah, no, that is great to hear, Joe. And let's say for, the, for some of our audience out there, they're hearing this conversation, they're thinking about how this might apply to their own, you know, unique family dynamic and this idea of preparing their heirs. Uh, and maybe they're interested in just picking your brain and you and your team's brain just about their unique situation, maybe some action steps they could take given their circumstances. What would you say then might be the best way for somebody to reach out and contact your team to maybe set up a call, open up a dialogue and go through that process together? Yeah, Ryan, it's simple. Give us a call, send us an email. We'll be happy to chat, set up a progression, understand what it is that they want to accomplish, and we'll chart out a path of conversations around family values or whatever their financial pain point or goals may be, right? It could be the carrot, it could be the stick. Either way, we're happy to have that discussion of what is on their mind and what do they want to help accomplish or need help accomplishing. We're happy to have that discussion with them. 
All right. Fantastic. Well, Joe, look, appreciate you carving some time out of your busy day to be with us. You've got a company to run. We'll let you go get back to your day to day. But uh, look, again, I think we had a great conversation today. Looking forward to having you back and jumping into another topic here down the road. Thanks, Ryan. See you soon. All righty. Thanks, Joe. And hey, look, as always, we want to take one final moment and thank you guys for jumping aboard and being with us on the show today. If you took anything away from it, you benefited from the conversation in any way, shape or form, do us a favor, leave a comment. Go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're checking us out on. And then, of course, share this information with any family, friends, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of wealth management related conversations. You know, I've mentioned this once before. I'll say it again. I mean, we're taking the same types of strategies strategies and solutions that Joe is having with his clients on a regular basis. And we're just bringing them right here to you on this show. So that being said, we've got a lot of great topics down the road in future episodes, and we would hate to have you and yours miss out on any of that great information. So for Mr. Joe Kaleo, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we thank you for joining us on today's installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated, office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.